0: You are listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast. With Rachel Adams, Managing Editor. This podcast was recorded live in Las Vegas at Supply Side West.
1: Uh, hello, and welcome to the Healthy Insider podcast. My name is Rachel Adams, the Managing Editor of Natural Products Insider, and today I'm in supply side. I'm in Las Vegas at supply Side West. Uh, I'm with Lori Coleman, who is co-CEO at CBD Marketing, and Bob Mazenski, who is Vice President of Public Relations, Social Media, and Content Marketing at CBD Marketing. Uh, Bob and Lori just spoke. Uh, we pretty much just stepped out of the expo, uh, not the expo hall, but out of the education hall. Uh, and... They spoke in a session about social media marketing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Let me pause to say hello and welcome.
2: Hi. Hi Rachel, Great.
1: thank you. Yeah, I'm sorry. thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. So we're gonna talk a little bit right now kind of about some of the content of their presentation. Um, it was some really fantastic stuff, uh, focusing on audience um, and messaging. I wanna start by having you guys uh, kind of talk a little bit about online listening and kind of what you brought today to the presentation, because you actually conducted some specific online listening that that you you talked about during this presentation. Yes,
2: so we conducted an online uh, study to monitor what people were saying about food supplements. Mm -hmm. Uh, We actually took uh, a tool that we licensed that allows us to look at everything, you know, all these different online conversations that touched on that topic. So we took uh, and then the beauty of it, we can break it down by age. So we, we split it into boomers, Gen X, and millennials to see what they think about food supplement related topics. And then we came up with some conclusions so you can have some takeaways about, all right, how should I message to this particular audience mm-hmm. about this topic? And it was really interesting. Some things, of course, we kind of figured would be the case, but there were also some surprises.
1: Right. Um, I'd be curious to hear about the surprises. Okay. And what you were expecting.
2: Well, what you're expecting, I think, with, uh, you know, maybe millennials would be more about the uh, lifestyle that Mm -hmm. they're interested in. uh, Vegetarian or vegan or, you know, clean label. Mm -hmm. That's pretty well established here, as you can see from all the booths here at uh, Supply Side West. but. You know, some of the things we saw as far as for Gen X, Mm -hmm. because we're in such a—and I say we because I'm Gen uh, (laughs) X—we're very time-pressed. You know, we're really looking at solutions that fit into our lifestyle Mm -hmm. more than changing our entire lifestyle. Like maybe a millennial would who did some research and said, I want to be everything to do with vegan, and that's going to be the way I'm basically branding myself. Mm -hmm. I think with Gen X, it's like, you know what, I don't have a lot of time to research. I'm going to go online, see what people are saying about— Uh, maybe including something in my diet that's quick, that makes sense, that tastes good, and will make me feel better because, my God, at this point, you know, 40, 50 years old, there's a lot of changes going on in your body that you really want to deal with, and supplements can help with that.
1: Right, absolutely. Lori, I'd like to hear your take on boomers. You talked about boomers specifically.
0: Yeah, I did because I'm in the boomer generation, (laughs) and, you know, some of the surprises, too, is that Obviously, some boomers act like millennials when mm-hmm. when they're searching out something to supplement their diet. Um, but in generalities, you know, boomer, boomers are looking to age gracefully. We're now at that that point. We're 55 and above, where we have to start really paying attention. And maybe our lifestyle when we were younger wasn't quite so holistic and pure. You know, the sex, drugs, rock and roll generation <laughs> getting older. <laughs> um, used that quote from the Who's song, I hope I die before I get old, and that's really not the case anymore, because now we're looking, staring that in the face, and we also have seen what our parents have gone through, which is a lot of big pharma stuff, and mm-hmm. the boomers are, are, we're the first sort of youth culture, and just trying to make a difference in our lives, and finding a different way to approach the things that we're facing over the next
1: few years in a, in a better, more healthy manner. Right. Absolutely. Uh, So in addition to talking about kind of what what messaging these demographics respond to, you also figured out with your online listening kind of what platforms they utilize most based on the different demographics. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Sure. And, And studies have shown that Instagram is really the platform that seems to cut across all the audiences with some success. So Facebook, we see kind of a I don't want to say backlash, that's a little too harsh, but definitely a lack of interest if maybe you're 30 or under because that's what your parents use, that's what your grandparents use. So you kind of make them happy. You have a Facebook account, but you're not really using it. Uh, you're going on a Snapchat. Uh, you're going on Instagram. And, you know, with supplements, it's, it's very much seeing and believing. You want to see that smoothie shake that someone made or the smoothie bowl is a, is a thing too and you want to hear what they put into it. What are those ingredients? That looks cool. Hey, I feel great, and here's why. So that visual nature, and obviously YouTube's huge too, because Gen Z coming on is very vi- video-focused. Um, I think those are the platforms that brands would really need to, to take uh, put put a lot of attention towards, because... You're looking at a lot of mobile, digital-first behavior under 30, mm-hmm. and they're looking at it, hey, it's on my phone, it's a video, it's two minutes, I got what I needed, and and that's great, and maybe I'll share it too. And they're sharing themselves. Again, That's it just makes it so easy to get your word out on those platforms as opposed to saying, Re- read a newspaper story, which is what Gen X, but especially boomers, would be more likely to do.
0: Right. One yeah. of the other things, if I can just kind of add to that, is um, what people are searching for. Mm-hmm. And when you looked at the, the boomer audience, they were, everybody was mostly positive, but the boomers had the, the highest degree of a little skepticism about this industry and what was going on. But they're also searching for what's proven, you know, what are, what are the actual, what's the actual science behind some of this stuff? They talked in terms of the FDA. What does the FDA say? You know, how can I find out mm-hmm. if this is real or not real? The um, Gen X folks talked a lot about food. You know, how can I incorporate this into my food? They're making smoothies with it. They're not taking pills. The um, Boomers are still like okay. Popping vitamins and popping pills. The other two generations, not so much. Right. And then the millennials are all about how does this make me feel? Right. It's feel, feel, emotion. I love it. This makes me feel awesome. I feel yeah. so healthy today. You know, it's all about feelings. <laughs> Gen X is more about how do I put it in my food and make it really fast. And then boomers are prove it to me. Right. <laughs> yeah. And
2: you know, we saw those uh, word clouds with right. you know, best, love it, this is great because this is the sharing online that, that uh, millennials and Gen Z are doing right now that, hey, wow, this is pretty cool. And you don't have to be somebody with 75,000 followers, although it doesn't hurt right. as far as Instagram, but even somebody you, you know or sort of know who just says, hey, I'll try this out. Sure. Millennials are more likely to do that. And as you said, boomers is like, I don't know. that I, I like to experiment, but wait a minute. That's not even FDA approved. What's going on here? And so, yeah, there's a little bit more of trust in institutions, the uh, older you get. Uh, but then there's a distrust of kind of some of the bigger institutions as you get younger.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It it's always makes me chuckle when we talk about demographics as a millennial. I am a millennial, so <laughs> I always fall into that category. of. And then there's that, that – uh, some people say that millennials don't like to call themselves millennials. So then I listen to this, and I'm like, am I really – emotional how i connect on social media and yeah, it's probably accurate
2: well we're all a mix <laughs> we really are yeah. and and that's where i think we all get impatient with categorization that's very slavishly towards age because you know i could see a lot of boomer in me i could also see some millennial and right. you know I, I have a gen z daughter who uh, exhibits some of those traits but you know across the board there's a lot as you said Lori, a lot of boomers who are just like millennials because maybe their kids are doing certain things so i i think you know There was actually a talk earlier today about breaking down categories and not being too tied to the fact that, oh, you're a boomer in this demographic, you must be doing this. Whereas, you know, natural products or vegan or, you know, there's a lot of things that cut across all generations. It's just what we're trying to do is find attributes that might make a difference when you're trying to message to certain generations. So there's certain things you don't have to feel like, oh my God, this is gospel, I have to do this. But you've also got to realize the personalization, the fact that you have to show you get them, mm-hmm. I would, and you can obviously tell us if we're, in your in your case, in your friend's case, but we understand that to be very important to the millennial generation that, hey, you know, this is for me. It's not mass marketed to a lot of people, even, even through my generation. Even if it's the same essential product, right? Well, exactly, right. yeah.
1: Well, and I feel like this brings, uh, this is a really nice segue into the concept of real-time online listening when it comes to products and trends. Um, Can you talk a little bit about what that is, why it matters, and how to do it? Sure. (laughs) It it is
2: huge uh, because there's, um, well, I would say just back up, you know, when you're looking at online listening, it's something to do early. It's something to do before you actually release a product or, you know, because what it'll do is give you that information beyond the focus groups as we talked about in the talk you know it's very you know straight down the line with focus groups that okay here's what we're going to ask here are the type of people we're looking at or with a survey with online listening it's messy this is real world Wild West where you're putting those messages out there or you're looking at what's being said and it's not always pretty it's not always a straight line so when you get to actually launching that product, seeing how it's how it's being sifted in real time is is very important. It right. could be, again, just um, doing this monitoring through a service like the one we use where you basically uh, put in your keywords and put in your brand and then just see how people are reacting to it. And you might have to say, oh boy, we gotta tweak these messages uh, because this or that is not resonating. But you also have to look at preparing ahead of time that if uh, an influential blogger comes out and, s- and suddenly says one thing at two o'clock about your product by seven o'clock that's everywhere because they have so many followers so you have to have those messages prepared and those people monitoring so you get that alert you get those messages out and then maybe you have influencers of your own Mm -hmm. who say wait a minute that's not right you know because uh there's some you know ingredient uh issues that have come up with different products and you know get your your subject matter experts out there to say you know what Here's why we have that ingredient in the product. It's very safe, and here's why, and document it, and knock that down right away. Right. If you don't answer, it's going to be seen as either you're scared or you're, you know, you just don't have the right answers.
0: Right. right. It, al- it also helps you prepare if there's like a downside. So if you find out that all of a sudden your sales are down you could go on nepes and see what people are talking about maybe as this pill is so hard to swallow they changed formulations i don't like it anymore you know and that starts to spread through the social media world pretty rapidly mm-hmm. so you can kind of gauge if there's a problem out there that you can fix mm-hmm. the other you know, the, might be another ingredient came on let's say people were all excited about I'm just going to pull this out of the air, pea protein. Oh, plant-based protein, pea protein. Then another type of plant protein comes on that has a maybe a better flavor profile, mm-hmm. and then people like better. All of a sudden, they're, they're going in another direction. And if you can look at the feedback on social media, you might be able to tell what's going on with
1: what you're seeing as a sales decline. Right. I mean, it sounds like it's an incredibly valuable tool.
0: You can use it for a lot of things. One of the things we've used it as well as we, t- we took five competitors and we just looked at the words associated with their brand. So competitor A scored really high on sustainability. Mm-hmm. Some of the others didn't. Is that on purpose? Do they mm-hmm. like that? Do the other folks need to up that, t- that type of language around their product so that if that's important to them and if it's their brand, so you can, you can start to see what people are associating your, your brand with.
2: Yeah. And it it gets into regulatory issues as well. So we've worked with clients where there is something pending in Congress where we have to see is media picking up on this issue and writing stories that may be favorable towards this regulation or not or neutral. But again, having them pop up right away, it's an associated press or Washington Post or Bloomberg story. Okay, how do we deal with that? Right. How do we react to that? And that allows you to be on top of those things and you know, if you if you have a government affairs person sending it to them and saying, hey, this just came across, talk to your people about this, make sure they understand our view on that. Uh, and, and maybe even reaching out to that media entity and saying, hey, wait a minute, this isn't right. right. And please change it online because it's easier to do that and instead of just being beholden to the print part. So uh, that is, is, is very important when there's issues around. And obviously with uh, cannabis is, you know, there's a lot of different companies associating with C, uh, CBD uh, on the floor you know, there, that is a very fluid area. It's good to keep on top of what's being said in particular states and also by the federal government.
1: Right. It's definitely uh, something you can use to be proactive versus reactive, which is so important in the mm-hmm. supplement market. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I would like to say thank you so much for joining me on the podcast and thank you for your presentation. Um, absolutely fascinating. Thank,
2: thank you, you f- very much.
1: Thank you for having us. Right. Our pleasure.
0: For more award-winning podcasts for ministry experts, go to Insider.com and click in the podcast section. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts by searching Healthy Insider Podcast. Hit subscribe to never miss an episode. To join the conversation about the supplement industry, leave a comment on the podcast's Twitter, Facebook, or SoundCloud accounts. This edition of the Healthy Insider Podcast was recorded live in Las Vegas at Supply Side West 2018.